For those unfamiliar with them, a barber shop seems like just a place to get a haircut that has a fun spinning barber pole. But for those familiar with them, the barber shop is so much more than that. Now, sure, you can absolutely get a great haircut and a nice shave, but you can also find community. It's a place to have great conversation, hear news about town ongoings, and to catch up with your local barber. That's the beauty of a good barber. They serve equal parts artisan, friend, confidant, and historian. And whether you go once a month or every three months, you always feel right at home. Today's subject features some of those same sentiments and subjects. A movie about events of one fateful day in and around a neighborhood barbershop. So if you're like me, and you enjoy film and the impact and emotions they convey, then grab a glass of your preferred liquid and join me for the next little while. For me, that's a cold glass of chocolate almond milk. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the love of film. Welcome to Glazed Cinema. season of Glaze Cinema. I'm excited to be back in the swing of things, and I'm happy that you're back as well. I hope you had a nice holiday break, and I hope the new year has treated you well thus far. Now, today I wanted to highlight a movie that has a lot of heart, humor, and a sense of community. I find it a fitting subject for the time of year, as well since it takes place during the winter, and, well, because I need a haircut. So I figured, why not celebrate a movie that has both in common? Today's movie celebrates the neighborhood barbershop and the art form of cutting hair. This subject has a certain soft spot in my heart as I love barbershops. I've been going to them to get my hair cut ever since my dad took me to one when I was 11 years old. We went to an Italian barber shop in town, and I immediately gravitated towards the simple and friendly atmosphere that I found there. It had a great smell of old spice, leather, and the sound of Frank Sinatra playing in the background. While men, young, middle-aged, and old, would talk and share stories. They spoke of how the neighborhood had changed, sports, music, and a lot in between. 
and I really fell in love with the barbershop right then and there. When I was in high school, the one we went to closed down as the owner retired, and I had to find somewhere else to go. After some searching, I found a barbershop downtown that had exactly what I was looking for. It was a welcoming attitude, a quiet and humble atmosphere, simple conversation, and of course, a skillful hand. It's a shop I introduced my dad to, as well, Hollywood Barber, returning the favor, so to speak, and one I still frequent when I go back home to this day. Now, I also understand that not every barber shop is created equal, and that I am also a sort of old-fashioned kind of man. I mention that only to say that while I can't relate to everything in today's subject, a lot of it does ring home. Whether you haven't been to a barber shop in some time, or have never been to one at all, there's still plenty of meat on the bone here to relate to. Despite the heart and humor it provides, it begins in an unlikely sort of way. Our subject today starts off with the theft of an ATM machine, committed by masked men by pulling it out of place via the bumper of their car. The filled car celebrates as the perpetrators drive down an empty street with the cash machine trailing behind, tied to a chain, as sparks shoot up every now and again as the metal hits the asphalt. As we fade into our next scene, we find a man played by Ice Cube at a workbench, about to start some DJ equipment. After just a few moments of the first track, though, the electricity shorts, which is followed by a plume of smoke. This is Kelvin, our main character, and while he wafts away the smoke and fumes, his wife enters the room to see what is going on. When he tells her that he was trying to get the audio equipment up and running for his Platinum Records idea, she reminds him of his past ideas that never panned out. Ideas that she calls get-rich-quick schemes. After a bit of dialogue, we see him about to leave for work when she stops him to lovingly build him up. She says, It's been a whole two years since you took over the shop. I mean, look at you. You have really hung in there. You have no idea how proud I am of you. You know your father would have been proud of you, too. Shortly after, he exits the house and into the cold winter air. Driving down the street, his eyes meet a storefront whose front door and window have been obliterated as a giant hole rests where they used to be. A hole caused by a truck, a chain, and an ATM machine. Yelling across the way, he tells the owner to stay strong before unlocking the door to his shop. Walking inside, he turns the lights on, and we see the interior of a barber shop. 
Inside, there are framed pictures of people and memories adorning the walls, seven barber chairs, and a large portrait of Calvin's father, the original owner, on the wall opposite the door. Calvin has taken over ownership of the shop since his father's death, and in the coming scenes, we meet the barbers who cut hair under his leadership. Among the barbers are Ricky, Isaac, Jimmy, Dinka, Terry, and Eddie, each of whom bring something unique to the shop and add a wonderful blend of personalities. Jimmy, played by Sean Patrick Thomas, is a college-educated young man who is among the newer members of the fold. Jimmy is very smart, but is also a bit snobbish. He tends to look down on his fellow co-workers, who aren't as educated as he is, hubrisly undervaluing their wits and experiences, which regularly causes friction among the shop. Among those he has friction with, perhaps more than the rest, is his fellow barber Ricky. Ricky, played by Michael Ely, is an ex-con who is trying to stay on the right path in life. Due to his history, he is also a suspect in the eyes of a local detective for the convenience store robbery across the street. Terry is the only female barber in the shop and is in a bad relationship with a slimy, smooth-talking man who regularly cheats on her. Terry, played by Eve, has a hard exterior, but is a very caring, sensitive, and compassionate woman at her core. On her arrival at the shop, she's greeted with red roses and a card at her station, which were laid out by her co-worker, Dinka. Dinka, played by Leonard Earl Howes, is a man from West Africa who has a crush on Terry. Dinka is always smiling and is a warm-hearted and good-natured man. Then there's Isaac, the newest of the barbers. Isaac, played by Troy Garrity, is a white man who can seriously cut hair, but is underestimated by his co-workers and overlooked by the patrons. He has an air of confidence about him and is hungry for the respect of his co-workers. Last, but certainly not least, is Eddie. Eddie, played by Cedric the Entertainer, is an elder statesman who has cut hair at the shop for years, originally under Kelvin's father. Eddie is the life of the shop, cracking jokes to lift spirits and offering feedback and add wise advice when it's needed. These are the barbers of the shop, and these are who we will spend most of our time with throughout the majority of the film. Now, of course, we can't talk about the shop without talking about its patrons and customers, who are equally as important. Among them are some people who come in and out throughout the day and some who stay in the shop throughout the day in 
including a few older regulars who hang out to commiserate, talk, and play board games. Of those is Checker Fred, who enjoys playing checkers with those waiting for a cut. The barber shop is among the town hubs, a place to go and see familiar faces, catch up on what's been going on around town, and of course, get cleaned up and looking good. The shop, we learn, has been a staple for generations, as Kelvin is a third-generation owner. So the shop means a lot to his family, and, of course, to the neighborhood, as it's been around for decades. For Kelvin, though, the shop isn't his dream occupation. No, for him, it seems more of a chore. In fact, while he runs the shop, he also invests in his dreams and big ideas on the side, like the DJ equipment we see him playing with in the beginning. And these ideas and dreams sound great on the surface, but at their core, they're nothing short of get-rich-quick schemes. Early on, we come to the understanding that Kelvin is under some financial pressure and unable to pay certain bills, partly because of his investments on these ideas and schemes. Wanting to invest in his newest venture, a recording studio, Kelvin succumbs to the pressure of his unpaid bills, and in a moment of short-sightedness, decides to sell the shop to a skeevy man named Mr. Wallace, played by Keith David. Upon agreeing to the sale, Kelvin learns that despite what he was originally told by Wallace, the plans are to turn the shop into a gentleman's club, which infuriates and disappoints Kelvin. Mr. Wallace has money, and we learn that he has bought up several storefronts in the neighborhood. And he kind of reminds me of Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. He's a shrewd and disliked businessman. And we can tell just from his interactions with people that he is not very respected and has not the best reputation. As the hours of the shop roll on, so do the cuts and conversation. All the while, Kelvin stews with his decision, while trying to think of a way to get his shop back and from out under the thumb of Wallace. Barber Shop was released in 2002 and directed by Tim Story in his feature-length directorial debut. Behind him were producers George Tillman Jr. and Robert Tiedel, both of whom had hands in classic black films, including two previous episodes of Glaze Cinema, Friday and Soul Food. In this effort, they helped mold the same brand of story and humor that made their previous efforts so successful. If you haven't listened to those past two episodes or haven't watched those two films, I highly recommend them. The entire plot of the barber shop takes place in a single day. We enter the shop around 7 o'clock in the morning, and we leave its doors about 12 hours later. Within that time frame, 
there's a lot that happens in and out of the shop. And the pacing of the movie makes the action fly by, just like the hours at the shop do. Sprinkled throughout, we also follow the two who robbed the ATM earlier on in the movie as they move it around town, trying to pry it open to get the cash inside. Those two are JD, played by Anthony Anderson, and Billy, played by Lamar Tate. The two remind me a bit of Harry and Marv from Home Alone, except there, Kevin McAllister is the dreaded cash machine that they heisted. As it comically foils their plans to get rich. Now, there are quite a few great moments in this film, at least for me. But one of my favorite moments of the movie is when Jimmy and Isaac come close to blows during an argument. They square off when Kelvin turns the music on and the volume up as Give It Up by Marvin Gaye bathes the shop in its delightful sounds. Terry steps in between the two and begins to dance, and the others in the shop begin to do the same. Soon, the entire shop, barbers and customers and all, including Jimmy and Isaac, are all dancing, enjoying the sweet, sweet sounds of Marvin Gaye. Shots of other customers outside the shop are also dancing. As we come back around to the shop, we see everyone enjoying themselves in dance and joy. It's a great moment and a perfect example of how the sense of community is maintained and upheld within the four walls of the barbershop. And there's another moment I'll communicate which is among my top favorites of the film. And it's when Eddie steps out and shines. I mentioned earlier that Eddie knows when to be serious, when to speak up, and when to mentor. And this moment is one of those instances. To this point in the plot, Eddie has mainly cracked jokes or spoken about the old days. Here though, we see more of not only him, but the respect that his younger co-workers have for him. It begins when Ricky is attempting to shave a man's face and neck with a straight razor. Watching from afar, Eddie sees him making short, quick movements instead of longer, smoother strokes that he should be making. Speaking up, Eddie meanders over to show him how to do it while also calling the others over to learn as well. Opening up a small wooden chest, we see two pearlescent folded straight razors with the initials EB adorned on the side, encased in red velvet. Taking one out of the case, he makes his way over to the chair and begins the shave as the others stand around to watch and learn. And while shaving the man in the chair, he tells them that barbers used to be something. They were counselors, fashion experts, style coaches, and 
the barbers of today don't really have the skill or the sense of history that they used to have. And more importantly, he tells them that it takes respect to get respect. It doesn't just come unwarranted or unearned. That moment of his mentorship and coaching, I really enjoy. It's a look at Eddie that we haven't gotten to see so far in the film, and shows that he's a very three-dimensional character. When this film was released, it quickly became a commercial success, garnering a $77 million box office off a $12 million budget, while also receiving great reviews from critics. The success of the picture also eventually led to Barbershop 2, just two years later, and then a third installment in 2016. Barbershop is a film, like its title subject, that offers a lot of humor and community on top of a good experience to its patrons. And like the barbershop, it offers a lot inside of its doors than meets the eye. If you're looking for some warm-hearted fun, then be sure to press play on our subject today. There's a lot there to keep you entertained and coming back for more. If you'd like to watch Barbershop for yourself, you can find it on a variety of streaming services. At the time of this recording, you can find it on Max. Max is a streaming service from HBO with a diverse catalog of offerings with pricing options of $9.99 per month with ads and $15.99 per month ad-free. There's also another tier, $19.99 per month ultimate ad-free. Apart from Max, you can also find it on YouTube, Hulu, and Prime Video with your subscription if you have the Max add-on. And lastly, you can find it on Prime Video, Vudu, Apple TV, and Google Play for $3.99 to rent. This podcast was written and recorded by me, Brian Kinney, with music by Kevin McLeod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Each week, there will be new content, including hints about episodes before they air. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit our website at glazedcinema.com. There you'll find more info about the show and a place to submit ideas for future episodes. For film fans who are hearing impaired, the blog page on our website features each episode in written form as well. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time with another beverage and another fine film on Glazed Cinema.